real quick before we dive into this episode of the podcast. Be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by a new sponsor, 10 to 8com If you own a business, you likely need a way to schedule appointments. The service I use and recommend is 10 to 8. What I like about them is they offer a generous free option that allows you to take payment for appointments. Other amazing features include appointment reminders via email and SMS and two-way client chat. 10 to 8 integrates with Zoom, Microsoft Teams, online payment providers, calendar apps, and more. To learn more, go to 10 to8.com forward slash frugalpreneur. That's 10to8.com forward slash frugalpreneur. Welcome to the Frugalpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah St. John, and my guest today is the CEO and founder of 10 to 8, which is an appointment scheduling app. Welcome to the show, Matthew Cleveley. Hi, great to be here. Thanks for joining me today. Can you give us a little bit of your background and how you got the idea to start 10 to 8? Well, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. And I kind of think if you imagine sitting around having a a family meal at the dinner table and the kind of questions that would get banded around, it's kind of the typical things which would be banded around are things like, how many trucks is it going to take to move the Great Pyramid of Giza? And suddenly conversation stops whilst three very competitive siblings try and work out an answer. And it's kind of a slightly odd upbringing. But I think ever since I was slightly too young to work, I would write to companies in Cambridge. So growing up in Cambridge, which has got a, its own version of Silicon Valley called Silicon Fen. And I'd be writing to companies asking for every summer. So I think my first ever job was dismantling computers for a telecoms consulting company. And I got marched out of the office on day two when the head of HR discovered how old I was. <laughs> so I was technically not just, I was about six months too young to be um, legally allowed to work in the UK. Anyway, so yeah, I've, ever since then, I've been kind of working with startups, working with a technology companies kind of in my spare time from designing mouse mats to building accountancy database software to planning spectrum analysis and radio frequency analysis tools and building business plans. And I think I've done some patent stuff whilst I was growing up and you know, whilst I was at university as summer job. So I've kind of always been interested in new businesses, new technology and new ideas, really. That's kind of part of me. And then I kind of you know, I went to university, got a master's in engineering, went to another university, got a master's in economics, went to another university, started a PhD actually in entrepreneurship and true to form dropped out of my PhD in entrepreneurship to start a company working as much as I was allowed to and possibly a little bit more working for really interesting companies all the time. I just love working with new companies, working to create things and thinking of new ideas and technologies and the application of them. Yeah, so back a long time ago now, me and a friend were talking to a dentist about the problems of managing his dental practice. And one of the biggest problems he had was that his customers were not very organized or rather that they wouldn't turn up when they said they would. And so he had usually this really difficult choice that he could either plan for the full capacity. So say he was saying 10, seeing 10 patients in a day, he could either plan to see those 10 patients in a day, in which case likely as not one or maybe even two wouldn't turn up, in which case he'd be sitting idle or his hygienist would be sitting idle, which is a 
big waste of resources. Or he could say, well, usually at least one person misses their appointment, maybe two. So I'll book 11 people in for the day. And then on most days, it would be fine. But on some days, he'd be working until six or seven or eight o'clock into the evening. And he wouldn't be getting home to his family. So we went in and we we started talking to to everyone who worked there because it's best not to take you know, kind of the dentist who's not actually in charge of the diary, but actually go and talk to people who manage the diaries and manage time and the kind of practice management software in dentistry. And we realized that it, it wasn't solving one of the fundamental problems in the business, which was, are you able to organize your customers really simply? Are you able to do things really easily, quickly? And then the customers actually turn up and know, have all the information at their fingertips for actually making sure they're going to get to their appointment on time have they done the right things have they brought the right things with them yeah so we realized that this was a kind of a fundamental problem to all businesses and it was really a problem that just hadn't been solved the other thing that we noticed was that just how costly this was we looked at the the amount of time that people waste when they're scheduling an appointment when they're not really using any particular tools such as ours and we realized that on the on average they were wasting 10 minutes per booking of per person time and so that's why 10 to 8 was founded we take 10 minutes of wasted time and turn it into eight seconds of automation so that's where 10 to 8 comes from and we realized the other key observation about 10 to 8 is that whenever something went wrong whenever anyone was uncertain about what was going on they picked up the phone so it was always actually about not a perfect diary system not a good calendar but a good communication system so a really good diary system that organizes people that lets people know where that gets people together at the right time that organizes things is actually a communication system fundamentally so that's why we built 10 to 8 and that's how we built 10 to 8 we built 10 to 8 from the ground up as a communication scheduling tool to help people get together at the right time. That's interesting hearing what the 10 to 8 means. That was actually one of the things I was curious about. I was thinking it was like 9 to 5, like your average work schedule. But I'm like, but who wants to work 10 to 8? That can't be with the reason. But yeah, so I use 10 to 8. I've used a couple other calendars or scheduling apps, but I have found that 10 to 8 is the most comprehensive and affordable. I mean, first of all, it's the only one I know of that allows you to have paid appointment that's available on the free plan. Of course, you pay like the Stripe fee or whatever it might be. But other than that, that's what I was looking for. Actually, that's how I decided initially on 10 to 8 was because I wanted to start with a free plan, but no other place had a free plan that offered the ability to have paid booking. So, but now that I've been using it, I love the communication aspect of it where you can communicate through the system versus having to email the person directly. It's all through because it's tied to their email. So you can send an email or, or even a text through the system and then it goes to them. So that I found that really useful as well. And the fact that you can have multiple types of bookings and then how all the calendars sync up. You might have an hour available for this type of thing and 30 minutes for this type of thing, but then it just knows when you're booked. I love it. It's great to hear. I'm really pleased you said that because I think that when we started 10 to 8, it was especially, it was at a time when online cloud SaaS software was just taking off. And me and the other guys who were founding it, we really felt this kind of visceral dislike of SaaS software that had a really restrictive free trial or kind of, you know, basically let you create an account for free, but the, and every feature you actually wanted to use, you clicked and it said like, ah, click here to pay more. And we found that really frustrating. And so, yeah, we did that very deliberately to make sure that the, the free version gives you something very real in return in terms of 
what you can use it for. And that also, as you grow, as you get more comfortable with 10 to 8, and as you you want some of those extra features, as you grow your business, you can then grow into the paid plans and things like that. And we, we see that a lot in the, now we're a bit bigger, we see that in the overall statistics of the business, we see lots of people who kind of start on free, then upgrade and, you know, get bigger and bigger over time. And that, it's really great to see. And it's really wonderful to hear. And the other thing about the communications element, it's for people who don't know 10 to 8, it's every booking is a conversation. So so if you're the the staff member or inside an organization that's making these bookings, you click on a booking, a bit like a Google calendar or, or, or any other diary system, you click on it, but what you get is a, a chat history. You, it's like a chat window, but those chats are going over email or robo voice or SMS. And then if the customer responds to any of those from their phone, replying to a text message or replying to an email, it all comes back into the same chat location so you can just chat away about this booking and always see what was said it makes it really powerful again as a communication tool to help organize appointments yeah i mean i haven't had any issues with someone not showing up since i've been using it because it sends email reminders and i know other platforms do too but it also sends text reminders and then like, yeah, the chat aspect, you can stay in communication and it really limits or narrows down like the possibility of someone not showing up because they forgot or something because it's hard to forget when you're getting email <laughs> and text reminders and chat messages and all this kind of stuff. So Yeah. And you can, because you can set them up yourself, you, you know, you know your customers better than anyone else. So you can set up, I know that my customers need to be reminded 51 minutes before their appointment or my text message, you can set that up. And that's the other thing is that we're kind of sitting at the other end with anonymized data, being able to see, well, actually, we think changing the defaults for the system to say, actually, this is the best for tweaking things to make sure your customers are going to turn up. One of the things we've been doing recently, which is really rewarding, is um, working with some healthcare providers. If someone no-shows, which is called, in the UK, it's a DNA, uh, which is did not attend. So if if someone DNAs in a medical context, that's potentially going to be, have negative outcomes for them and increase the cost of healthcare as well down the line if they forget to turn up to their appointment. So then going into kind of healthcare settings, especially at the moment, and being able to optimize capacity, so actually increasing planned capacity without changing resources because customers actually turn up at the right time in the right place, but then actually making sure because they're turning up, we're getting helping healthcare providers deliver better health outcomes. It's been really rewarding in the kind of last 18 months. It's been something that we've really been focusing on. Yeah, I haven't thought about it in terms of I'm coming at it from just an entrepreneurial perspective of, you know, for podcast interview scheduling or at some point if I do like coaching and consulting and things of that nature. But that's interesting about dentists and healthcare and all of that. What is your primary client base? Is it mainly in the healthcare and dental field or is it? So very, very few of our customers are dentists. So I think that's the first thing I'll say. And it's a kind of interesting thing that in dentistry, what you have is a really slightly monolithic practice management software. So if you're running a dental practice, you have your dental practice management software and that's how you run it. So the idea that you've got this thing that has just that just is really good at scheduling appointments and organizing people. It's really good. And some dentists actually run it in parallel. So they have their practice management software and they have 10 to 8. But it, it's quite rare and there's not that that integrate. So so it's a difficult, more difficult market to go into. So we're seeing a lot more take up in, in medical at the moment. But yeah, when we started, we thought this affects pretty much every business that, that has appointments, right? Or specifically any business that has appointments where the people they're booking with out of their 
organizational influence, right? If you run a big company and you've got you know, everyone's on Outlook, you say, right, everyone use Outlook, everything in Outlook is the law, obey your diary, right? You can, you can organize within that. But the moment you've got customers or people who you want to meet up with who kind of you can't organize, you know, who are outside your organizational influence, you know, have to communicate on their terms. And, and then when you, you're in that situation, 10 to 8 delivers a lot of value. And we realized that that the loss of businesses. And then so we've got our free tier freemium SaaS. So we've then been picked up all over the world for pretty much any use you can possibly imagine. You can name a use case in a country and I could find you at least one person um, using it for that. Our first trial customers, I think, was a piano tuner in Cambridge who was going around you know, house to house piano tuning. We've got banks in the US using us. We've got building societies and banks in the UK, healthcare providers. We've got universe, a lot of universities using us for scheduling student bookings. We've got tutors. We've got lots of professional service companies, so accountancies and professional advisors like financial advisors. Our favorite example is alpaca farmers in New Zealand. We've got a couple of those who, who are using 10 to 8. So if you want to visit an alpaca farm in New Zealand, there's some people using 10 to 8 for their scheduling as well. Oh, that's cute. So how long have y'all been around? We've been around for ages, far too long. I think we started, we formed the company and there's kind of a difference between forming the company and really getting going, but we formed the company nine years and about 10 months ago. Mm. So getting on for 10 years. And then we really got going, you know, about a year, two years later, when we got our first funding. And then I think one of the the interesting things to do, especially from a frugalpreneur perspective is about how we got it wrong the first time around because I think 10 to 8 is kind of in two distinct parts of its history. And, and the first part is where we raised money, built a great team, built a product that was extremely capable, but it was kind of, we we made the, I think, a classic error of building things a bit too waterfall style. So you, know, you plan exactly what you're going to build and then you go away and build it over the course of a few months. And then eventually you show it to some customers. That was problematic because we were going after this wide range of customers, a lot of whom whom you know, very deliberately not particularly technically literate and then providing them with something that was technically very capable and very configurable, but then was as a result, very difficult for them to use or discover all of the features that were relevant. And so that was very problematic. Then we had to take more time to then redo the product, make sure it fitted the customer's expectations. It, it's kind of the story that we just, we had so much capability in the product but it wasn't particularly discoverable by the company. And it's really then been a proper exercise in user experience in delivering things that really matter. We had done all of the clever communication stuff. And I think the original beta version of the product had it hidden under the hood. So you had all these clever communications going out, but the person booking the appointments couldn't see them. And it was, you know, so there were things like that, mistakes that we made along the way. And I think that certainly starting again, I think we would have pursued the lean startup fully from the beginning. We were absolutely read up on the lean startup, but we hadn't lived it yet. And then we had a funding round fall through rebooted the company we went from 14 15 people down to three and then we went full lean startup and that was about five years ago and that's the second story of 10 to 8 and that's a lean startup with a very capable product ruthlessly focused on what what the customer's getting and going from you know uh, a few hundred, maybe a few thousand customers to yeah, hundreds of thousands that we have now. Lean Startup, the book called Lean Startup? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So- and close, close to that kind of methodology. Did that seem to work pretty well? Yes. I think with all of these things, it's you read books, you think, yes, that's a good idea. And then you end up implementing your own version of it. <laughs> so you don't ever stick entirely to the rules. But yes, we've been very efficient ever since. Very, very focused on revenue, very focused on building up our customer base, what the customers want, very tight iteration loops, 
very, let me phrase this properly, I don't want to say that there's very little planning, but there's very short gaps between planning and execution. So, you know, if we, if we decide to actually deliver a feature, that feature gets delivered basically that week. Oh, wow. Yeah, we have, we, we, you know, there's a backlog of thousands of things that we could be doing to improve the system. But our, our detailed planning is quite short because we want the world changes as well so fast. I think that's one thing we, we realized, especially in the first iteration of 10 to 8, is that there were things that we planned. But by the time we had built something and then saw how people used it, whilst it was the next thing on the list, it was no longer the most important. You know, just by seeing how people use things and the world moving on. Do you currently have, well, I'm sure you do, but anything planned for the software that you're actually able to talk about? Well, we've got some, yeah, we've got some really cool things. I mean, we've got, there's lots of cool things planned. And actually the reason I'm more hesitant to say what we've got planned is just because we could just decide to drop stuff that we've got planned to come out in in three months or something. Those things change. You'll see in our Facebook community, you'll actually see that we've started circulating potential redesigns. That's an exciting thing. So I think the interface is, it can be a bit more modern, a bit more 2022 yeah, I'm gonna have to join that Facebook group and, and see those designs and stuff. Because that's literally the only thing about the platform that I, I agree with you that it, it's more I was kind of overwhelmed at first, all the features and the layout and stuff. Now I'm used to it. But I do think that there might be a way to, like you said, more modern or easier to navigate. So it's not maybe so overwhelming. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think that's, again, Ideologically, we wanted everyone to have access to the most powerful tools or the most important tools for running your business. And as such, there's lots of configurability and things like that that's exposed to someone who's just, you know, might be booking one appointment a week and doesn't care that much. And that's going to be the same, you know, all the way up to an enterprise customer who's booking a million appointments a month and and needs to configure everything really perfectly. And they'll have a team going over it and checking everything. And we'll be working with them to set up everything and optimize everything. There's work going on now to to simplify some of that and yeah absolutely improve that interface and i'll ping you some designs actually oh awesome after this you can have a look oh cool Um, i'd love that well i appreciate your time today and people want to check it out they can go to 10 to 8.com forward slash frugalpreneur and that's one zero to dot com forward slash frugalpreneur. Was there anything else that you wanted to touch on that we hadn't yet? I think one of the other cool things about 10 to 8 is the the integrations and how much you can mm. kind of integrate, which is fun. I, I think, yeah, integrating into other workflows and things like that is one of the things. I'm, I'm not going to say about other features that are coming out. I just can't. <laughs> just it's, And it's just because they might get superseded by other ones mm, that are also yeah. on the horizon that are also cool. So, you know, I don't want to say anything's coming, but the user interface redesign is a priority for us now. Do you know approximately when when that might actually happen? At the moment, what we're doing is we're testing the designs, right? And the the key criteria for us are are those designs. So they have to look and feel modern, as modern as the tool is technically, right? Because it's actually under the hood. This is all one of the things about 10 to 8 is, yeah, the user interface might not look quite so modern. It's because we're obsessed with the technology under the hood. And that's where the capability is. So it's making sure that the user interface actually reflects what the path forms doing and and is as intuitive and usable as possible but the other one is accessibility test to make sure it's accessible for people i'm dyslexic so i really mm-hmm. I, I have difficulty reading a lot of the time so I'm, I'm quite keen to make sure it's as usable for other people as possible so that there's testing around that so the initial designs are kind of starting to crystallize at the moment those designs will get formalized they'll go to the engineering teams the engineering team will start in implementing them and then because it's a user interface change that means it's a big change for everyone so it's probably one of those things that's actually going to 
to take a, a surprisingly long amount of time rather than something that's going to land in the next few weeks. So it's probably the, the longest project that we've had for a long time at 10 to 8 mm-hmm. you know, in terms of we would like delivering stuff instantly or within a week, within two weeks. But this is a, a month's time scale. Yeah, I imagine so. Well, thank you so much for your time. And again, people can go to 10 to 8 dot com forward slash frugalpreneur. Be sure to grab your free copy of my list of 27 tools, resources, and software programs I use to run my businesses on a tight budget. You can get it at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash 27 tools. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N dot com forward slash 27 tools. Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack, connect with fellow listeners, share your thoughts on episodes, engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together. Join us now at frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.